When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Spartan Pride Podcast, Fans First Sports Network. Jonathan Schaap with you. 49-0, Michigan over Michigan State. Largest loss. Spartan Stadium history, biggest loss for Michigan State. In about 21 years, when the Spartans went down to Michigan Stadium and lost 49-3 on November 2nd, 2002. Funny enough, I was at that game. Pretty good start. 3-0 start for Michigan State. 49-0 from there. Saturday night, Michigan kept Michigan State off the scoreboard the first drive and then rolled up the 49. And that's how you got to 49 to nothing. That's how you find the bottom. We're going to talk about different pieces and parts of this. And what I think is going to go down historically is another turning point in this series that now Michigan has a three-game edge in, in the modern era. This one is going to have a strange legacy. And we can't see that right now. So we're going to talk a bit about what happened. Talk about a bit about what was said after the game by folks like J.J. McCarthy, Harlan Barnett, and Jim Harbaugh, who apparently thinks he's got a target on his back, which is bizarre, but sometimes that happens. And we'll break down a couple things in a relatively truncated edition of the Spartan Pride podcast. Folks, when you lose by 49, there's not that much to say. So you got to zoom out a little bit, look at the bigger picture. And that's what we're going to do on this edition, Spartan Pride Podcast. Offensively, Michigan State was going to need, you know, they were going to need something unbelievable to be able to compete. Uh, they did a horrible job, no, no doubt. There's really not a reason to go too in detail other than to point out they did not measure up at the line of scrimmage, which is where the entire thing starts. 
it looked a little foolish to try to think you were going to run the ball normally or establish the run. That that was never going to work. So it was a little surprising to see the offense unable to try to mix things up early, get early throws for Kaden Hauser, get the option game going. They they didn't really look to do anything too exotic, and they got plain and flat drilled. It's not like turnovers were that big of a deal. Michigan State turns it over twice. They had 49 yards rushing on 29 attempts. That seems really foolish. Kate Nauser only tries to throw the ball 22 times. That also seems foolish. I will give some credit to the fact that Harlem Barnett um, decided without any question that it was time to put Sam Levitt in. Great opportunity. What an opportunity. You, you want to see what it's like to play a top 10 team? Jump on it. So Sam Levitt getting time, throwing in a pick, but that doesn't matter. Actually, a small bit of value for the offense, um, depending on where Sam Levitt goes from here. Again, at this point in the season, like we talked about last week, Michigan State's out of the bowl running. In reality, that's gone. Um, they blew that chance over the last three weeks, the last two especially. We'll get into the fact that intangibles look like they went out the window for Michigan State football. It doesn't look like enough kids on the team could hang in there quite hard enough. That's how you get beat 49 to nothing and not, you know, a competitive game like so many of these have been. Um, so the offense really, really did not do well. This is an extraordinary indictment. People are going to look at the the biggest names there. Jay Johnson's going to get a lot of attention, but uh, uh, this is just a remarkably bad and difficult season for Chris Kaplovic. This is not great for anybody at Michigan State football, but I'm telling you, if you want to feel bad for the kids, you should. You should also feel bad for the coaches because they're going to end up paying for this in the future as soon as next year. There's a lot of fallout to come from such a bad performance and really no signs of significant development now since 2021. We'll just call 2020 a practice season. So for the offense, this was as bad as it looks. For the defense, it's pretty much as bad as it looks also. Um, again, a great experience for young guys, Malik Spencer, Jordan Hall. But this is such a weird era of college football. You don't even know how many of those guys are going to be back. So a lot of tackles, brulee, a lot of guys beaten. They, they didn't win one-on-one -on -one matchups. They got run right beyond. You know, some of us, including me, really overestimated the level of disorder on the back end, the Spartan secondary. But of all the on-field cover-ups that Mel Tucker got away with, the incredible erosion of the backfield may be the worst. You know, last year he hires himself as a secondary coach, and now it looks like Decent coach and Jim Salgado back there, but he's got so much work to do that it's not like it's going to turn around today, tomorrow, next week, or next year. So it's really hard to to say much um, other than the entire defensive staff for Michigan State football is stuck to this forty-nine to nothing loss to Michigan, and it's not something that will ever leave them. If you think I'm kidding, ask Bobby Williams or anybody else that's associated with forty-nine to three. It sticks. It's in ink. Not good. Lastly, for this segment, Spartan Special Teams, again with problems. We're going to talk about the coaching 
on the back end of this show, probably longer than anything, but Harlan Barnett said a couple things in the post game that kind of make you think he may be seeing the light of just uh, maybe not going with his gut and really owning the fact that he's the coach of this team soon enough. This season looks lost. The special teams looks a complete mess. And I don't see any reason at all that Harlan Barnett doesn't make a change immediately running the Spartan special teams and give somebody else on his staff a chance to get some position coach coaching. Uh, that may already be going on without us knowing as far as duties and responsibilities. Who knows? But this is a real low point for Spartan special teams. And it's odd because they were not that bad not that long ago. And they were really expected to do well this year. And Elante Brown getting injured at the very start of the year it turns out to be a bad sign um, for Michigan State football. All they did was punt. And that's fine, but even those had some issues, some more flags. It's time for a change at Spartan Special Teams. There's no reason to keep going in the same direction and expect anything's going to change. Michigan State is now 2-5. and five. I am ruling them out of bowl eligibility because you'd need to win four games to do so. They're at Minnesota this week, home in Nebraska, at Iowa State, at Indiana, and then with Penn State, you got to win four of those games to make a bowl. It would be unbelievable. It actually would be more unbelievable than Michigan State losing 49 to nothing to Michigan on Saturday. This be the Spartan Pride Podcast on your Fans First Sports Network. I was looking at a bottle of honey when I said this be the Spartan Pride Podcast, but you already know that. If you're sticking with it, thank you. Thank you for your time. Better days are ahead. Intangibles are now a concern. Michigan State, unfortunately, you know, after a certain number of time, what happens is you start to, it starts to hit you when you watch these seasons each year. The kids are the same age, and there comes a point where you get old enough and you've seen enough seasons that you're like, okay, I can actually see what's going on here. What's going on here is this team was completely gutted by what happened the Maryland game by not having a compete chance, losing the Iowa game, losing the Rutgers game. Unfortunately, in college football, it falls on the head coach, Harlan Barnett's indecision to change quarterbacks in those games, and then in inability, inability at Rutgers to stop the bleeding or do something to snap the team out of it. The season's gone now. That's what happens when you 49-0 to your, your rival. Um, this is the bottom for Michigan State football. This is when you need to be real concerned about pretty much everything. Starts with grade point averages because those usually go down because kids don't know who the coach is going to be next. Now we've got a new era. An article yesterday in the New York Times saying somebody on Michigan State football team is making $750,000 this year. I have a hard time believing that until I see it. Uh, I'm not suggesting that the organization isn't giving out that much money, but who is making 750 grand on this team? And did that story have any impact on a lot of the kids, a parent not really being all the way tuned in? I don't know. Starting to hear Arlen Barnett say a couple of important things post-game. One of them, that he sounds ready to basically cut the bowl, if you will. He's going to start sitting guys that don't make meeting times, don't go to class, don't 
do things and be where they're supposed to be. I say, Coach Barnett, you've been around a long time, man. That had to be done in week one. That had to be done in week one. Coach Saban says you're either coaching it or letting it happen. I'm afraid it's gone too far. I'm afraid intangibles are going to be non-existent for Michigan State the rest of the year. One-on-one matchups, Michigan State wasn't close to good enough. Here's the magic for Jim Harbaugh. And this has been the magic since day one. Um, the first week that he took, uh, the first week coaching game Michigan's, uh, Michigan's head coach uh, started our rocky relationship when he was pretty much disrespectful to his press requirements to do the conference call. And um, I'll give him credit. He says he's a different guy now, and I'd love to interview him tomorrow. We get along well. We love the game. He knows a ton. He's got a lot of interesting things to say. And I'm curious about one massive thing and the difference between him at Michigan and everybody else for a long while now. He gets these kids to play consistently harder. Michigan kids play much harder under Jim Harbaugh than they have under any other coach. Now, over time, he's figured out how to get them to play smarter. Really not a good record finding quarterbacks early in the Harbaugh era. Everyone knows that. Some weird meltdowns in bowl games where the kids on his team didn't play so smart. Now it's rolling. He's got them playing harder and smarter on a consistent basis than just about anybody they face. That is the difference. You want to talk about intangibles? You want to talk about one-on-one -on -one matchups? You want to talk about coaching? That's where he's got that thing rolling. Now, where he doesn't have it rolling is this idea that he's got a target on his back. A target? A target on his back? We're going to talk about that next. We'll wrap up this edition Spartan Pride Podcast. Does Jim Harbaugh have a target on his back? Of course not. What a ridiculous thing to say. He said it in the post-game press conference or agreed with a question. What a dumb thing to say. A target on his back? Sounds like a guy's trying to set himself up to be a martyr. Are you have a target on your back if you run through a stop sign and they pull you over? You have a target on your back if you go into Target and burn the thing down like people did in the city I live or steal something and walk out the door with it? No. No. You don't have a target on your back if there appears to be a gambling security alert that something weird is going on with the Michigan football games, an investigation is done, and now it looks like there's a, potentially a massive conspiracy to steal signs like the Houston Astros. That doesn't mean you have a target on your back. Pay attention, folks. There's already an effort going by Michigan football to try to make this like a us against the world, we're the, the it's ri ridiculous. It's what are you, Patrick Reed University? For any of the golf fans out there, you know Patrick Reed? You know his history of cheating and his reaction to being accused? You don't have a target on your back, coach. You have people who are officiating the sport, taking a look to find out if you're breaking the rules. And if you are, what happens to the records for Michigan football? From 2021, 2022, and likely up until this 49-0 win you just had yesterday. I don't know. It's possible they could all be thrown in the trash. Michigan State could be gifted the 2022 game. 
regardless of what happened in the tunnel. And Michigan, who knows? The whole thing could be thrown out the window until this very game, 49 nothing. You could have a string of 20-some losses in a row, and then all of a sudden, they give you credit for 49 nothing. I don't know, but there's no target. Another weird Harbaugh occurrence was to open the post-game press conference congratulating his daughter on getting great grades and winning a field hockey tournament or something. That's fine. It's not really appropriate in a post-game press conference, but whatever. Whatever you want to do is fine, I guess. A little strange. Out of place. But not as targeted as J.J. McCarthy. What a fine play on a consistent basis and a tremendous college football quarterback this guy's turned into be. But post-game on NBC, he might have topped his play on the field by absolutely burning Mel Tucker by using two of Mel Tucker's nearly patented catchphrases. Talking about keeping the main thing the main thing and talking about being relentless. And if you didn't see this, try to find the clip. And if you don't think it was absolutely intentional and targeted, watch the clip a second time. Hats off to J.J. McCarthy for a massive burn as his Michigan Wolverines scorch Michigan State 49-0 in the worst loss in Spartan Stadium history. And they put that in ink. What I mean by that is I do not think that one is going to come off the board regardless of what happens to Michigan's record from 2021, 2022, and maybe the first half of 2023. Last thing to maybe talk about here is the bottom. This probably is a bottom for Michigan State football. We'll see where things go from here, but I believe there's a chance Michigan State football will have a new head coach before Thanksgiving, possibly before November 1st. You may remember a couple of weeks ago we talked about one of the questions of the moment, which is, can you employ two coaching staffs at a time? Can you basically have a wall between them? One coaching staff is just recruiting for the future. I don't know what size that is. They don't count against the coaching numbers and, and the other staff is actually coaching the team. I don't know, but that is certainly a question of the moment and it's affecting Michigan State football right now. And I imagine the sooner that gets resolved, maybe the sooner there's a new head coach named. There are candidates who are not necessarily actively in season that could probably come in and start as soon as November 1st. Will they get a shot to do it? I don't know. Coach Barnett does not like excuses, which is good. He said part of this experience yesterday or Saturday of 49-0 was accepting responsibility and being accountable. Unfortunately for Harlan Barnett, who is a fine, fine position coach and terrific, terrific man by all accounts, this experience for him as interim head coach at Michigan State has has is going to delay his prospects to be a head coach in college football. It's uh, unfortunate. I wish it didn't happen, but I'm not here to sugarcoat or cheerlead. I'm here to tell you the reality. Don't expect Harlan Barnett to be a head coach anytime soon in college football. It's not the end of the world for him. Luke Fickle was demoted at Ohio State by Urban Meyer. Luke Fickle took a long road to getting back to being a candidate for head coaching jobs. And to his credit, he did pretty well so far since then. I don't think he handled the Michigan State thing very well, but look what they did on the field yesterday or Saturday, massive comeback against Illinois and pretty impressive. 
Harlan Barnett needs to take the reins in full with both hands if he's going to have any chance of steering Michigan State football out of an incredible tailspin to finish 2023. It's unfortunate he didn't do it already, but at 49-0, I think he's got carte blanche, baby. So he needs to pull some weeds. It's time to pull them. He needs to shake up his staff. It's time to shake it up. He has literally nothing to lose. This is the bottom of Michigan State football in 21 years. It's only going to go one direction from here. It's just a matter of how soon, how fast, and how far they go. We're going to look around the world of college football on Wednesday on this show. I appreciate your time. Spartan Pride Podcast at gmail.com, Spartan Pride Pod on Twitter if you want to chat about it. We'll see you next time. Hang in there, Spartan fans. Spartan Nation, you know this is a long roll, long marathon. But I promise you this, and we'll talk about this in the future. The rebuild from here will not take nearly as long as the rebuild took after 49 to 3 in the year 2002. Jonathan Shop, Spartan Pride Podcast, Fans First Sports Network. Have a great day.